0: Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. How y'all doing out there this June 1st, last month of the first six months, half of the year? Hi, I'm of course your host, Marcus Nez. Did I already say that? If I did... I said it twice, (laughs) Uh. but I'm your host, and I'm here to talk about some games. I've got quite the lineup to talk about today, including Landon of Lana, The Lord of the Rings, (laughs) and (laughs) I lost my train of thought with that. There's the Death Retreat, which is the last one, but before that, there will be some home sheep home Armageddon Party Edition, the Shaun the Sheep game that I learned just recently is actually an old Flash game from roughly ten years ago, so that makes a lot of sense. So, anywho, I don't have anything to really talk about in terms of watching or any of that jazz still making my way through Supernatural for the most part. Nothing exciting to say about that other than Sam that actor, Jared Polanke, Pidecki, whatever his name is, he's a pretty awful actor. He's, he's not good. He's not getting any better. He's kind of getting worse outside of the one time they had a Gilmore Girls joke and his reaction was pretty good. That episode was okay, but I enjoyed his reaction to them mentioning Gilmore Girls. As someone who didn't even watch Gilmore Girls and doesn't like Gilmore Girls. But I know he was on it. So I get it. That was enough. That's all I needed. But that's pretty much it. A little update. Sidewise, any of that jazz. The streaming plan moving forward is seemingly going to be Mondays through Wednesdays. Pixelated Playtime, which is where I'll play the newer games and the stuff that I end up talking about here on this podcast. And then Thursdays and Fridays will be for streaming the backlog. Will the schedule stay exactly that? Will it even be that after this first week? Who's to say? Who's to say? It should be me who's to say since I'm the one streaming and it's, it's, it's my choice. But I have nothing to say other than that currently. It's all it's all fluid, it's all malleable, it's just a giant ball of play-doh, and we we don't know exactly how to play with it yet. So we got Homer going do dough, dough, dough. While Jedi goes dong dong dong. Or no, he goes talk tok talk, talk, I go dong dong dong. Enough we don't need to talk about dongs right now. That is a plan. The weekend will be for no streaming outside, of of course, the Patreon exclusive QA stream and any other kind of silly, random Patreon related things. I could also do more backlog streaming on the weekend because I feel like playing those games over the weekend. It's anyone's guess. I could, of course, Explode, implode again, and kill streaming altogether. It's really there's there's no concrete, there's no solid foundation to any of this. It's it's uh, in terms of little piggy houses, this is still the straw house. Is it is it the first? Is that what it's made on The first one? Is it straw? What's the second one? Is it straw, rocks, and and then bricks? I don't remember the, the piggy song. This little I know about. The, I know that one piggy. The little one goes all the way home, and one of them goes to market. Where, where do the other piggies go? This little piggy went to. I don't shit. I'm. God, I'm I'm embarrassed that I don't remember the. They're not lyrics. the The lines of that. What do you call those? I don't even know what you call those. Little children's fables things. And I'm embarrassed that I'm embarrassed that I don't remember. I'm dually embarrassed. So let's just get on to what I've been playing. Starting with Planet of Lana. I beat this game. Yeah, I beat it. It took me four hours almost exactly. If you factor out the three extra minutes over four hours for lollygagging and whatnot. it probably did take me exactly four hours to complete the game and what planet of lana is is a puzzle platformer with some stealth in it where your village is kidnapped everyone in it is kidnapped by a very war of the worlds esque invasion via giant, mechanical, squid-like, octopus-like creatures. uh, And you manage to escape being captured, and now you're trying to locate not only your villagers, uh, all your your friends and family, but your best friend specifically. And to do this, you befriend a little black monster ball that's somewhat blobbish, and immediately makes you think of a boy in his blob because that's what this game pretty much is it's a girl and her blob instead since you are playing a little girl instead of a little boy it has a very flay dead vibe to it inside and limbo while also having a studio ghibli vibe to it story-wise the game is very beautiful that is the first thing you'll notice if you watch any footage from it again you can catch my you can go back and watch the entire archive of my stream playing through the whole game but it is a very very beautiful game it has a painterly aesthetic With a fair amount of color and variation in color palettes depending on where you are in the world. Sometimes if you're in a cavernous area, it'll be really dark and dreary and moody. The atmosphere will come across well. But then you get out to a beachy area and it'll be bright and colorful. And it'll feel a lot more peaceful until the robots show up and want to kill you or enslave more people. And it, it, it goes from... Oh, this is so bright and colorful. To, oh, shit. That's right. The world's coming to an end. And it's, it's, it's all very, very beautiful. The animation also is, is very nice. It, it runs well. Smooth, all that. For the most part, there were a few hitches very seldomly but for the most part it it ran pretty well I'm playing on Xbox Series X of course but the game itself the gameplay got old relatively fast I was not enjoying the actual act of playing the game after about an hour or so it is an almost instant fail stealth game when you are tasked to perform stealth actions when you you are you are meant to get through an area stealthily those those instances are almost instant fail and i say almost because there are some ways in which you can cheese it or the ai will get stuck on something or not follow through on certain actions but in those sections where you have to be stealthy it is just you slowly moving from patch of bushes to patch of bushes, underneath platform to underneath another platform, or in some cases, using your little buddy to distract an enemy via a hole, for instance, where they go in one hole, out the other. The robot goes after them, they come back through the hole, back to you, and the robot is stuck on that hole for. 10, 15 seconds, and you use that distraction time in order to get to where you need to go before they become the wiser, turn around, and try to kill you. The platforming itself, when you're just meant to be platforming, is fine. And then the puzzles, the puzzles are where the game really comes up short. The majority of puzzles are just You or your buddy, because you can control where they go, you can command them and tell them to go to specific places or interact with certain objects because there will be instances where you can't reach something. They have very mad hops. They can jump incredibly high and incredibly far. And in some cases, you might need a rope to be cut down so you can get to a, 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 a tall height. And so you send your little blob up there on the platform, tell them to cut the rope and and they will do that for you or in some cases they need to activate a switch or you or the blob need to stand on a button in order to activate this that or whatever and it's just a lot of that it's a lot of you go here the blob go goes and do something because you've opened up a pathway for them and and then they go through that that new opening activate something that allows you to go somewhere and you just do this back and forth and back and forth. And it's, it's fine, but it's, it's not particularly taxing on the brain. It's never too challenging. They do spice things up here and there. And as you progress through the game, you'll get not so much new abilities. The, the, the creature gets new abilities in the sense that you discover more about it and what it can do. It has the ability to control larger creatures via its white eye later down the road and you will start to interact with computers and devices that allow you to control the machinery, the robots, which spice things up a little bit. For the most part, you're just doing the same thing throughout the relatively short runtime and what will either make the game work for you or not, in my case, is how well the narrative comes across for you, how invested you get in the story. I didn't care about the story. It did not grab me in any emotional way. I don't think it was done in any particularly great way to make me care. And, and when I got to the end, it, 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 it never moved me. And the blob is cute, of course. And you could pet them. Great. It was just another a boy in his blob, which I also did not like. I don't remember exactly why I didn't like a boy in his blob, because it's been so long and I didn't want to remember it. But this is is very a boy in his blobby. It's okay, but I don't, I don't see what all the fuss is about outside of it being a very, very pretty game with very nice animation to go along with the visuals themselves. That is Planet of Lana. Then we have the Lord of the Rings Gollum, which has been getting a lot of flack. It's been the latest punching bag in a year full of punching bags. Redfall should be thrill that Gollum came out relatively soon after Redfall came out because everyone just moved on to talking about how bad Gollum is and how it is the worst game of the the worst game of the year, the worst reviewed game of the year. And knowing that when I booted up the game to play it, I was expecting a travesty, an absolute disaster, a, a, an embarrassment of a game. What I experienced in the two and a half or so hours I put into it, playing through the first two episodes or chapters, however they frame it, there are 10 in total. I left the game thinking, this is a bad game, yes, but this is... If we are just comparing it to other AAA games... You could probably say, yes, this is the worst game of the year. However, I've played a lot of not AAA games and Gollum is bad. It has its technical faults. It has its structural and design faults. It has many, many faults. It is bad in pretty much every single way. But it is far from the worst game I've played this year. And I think Gollum is such a perfect example of people needing to. You no, know, what do I Not, not, uh, they need to, I was going to say, to park their expectations, but to, to look at. The thing about Gollum is you have to look past the license. And I, I don't, I, I think, one, because. So many people talking about it have talked about the fact that it was the first next-gen game announced, apparently. And when I heard this from so many other podcasts and whatnot, I assumed they meant it was the first next-gen-only title announced, which isn't the case. This is a cross-gen game, so I'm assuming what they really meant was it was the first game announced to have a next-gen or or now current gen version, and based on what I played, I am presuming, assuming that the current gen version, the Xbox One Series X optimized version, for instance, is just a more stable frame rate. Is that it? Just gives you more stable frame rate. It gives you better performance, but it doesn't up the visual fidelity in any way because this looks like an Xbox one PlayStation 4 game in every respect, if not a little worse. However, if you ignore the fact that this is a Lord of the Rings game and look at the team behind it, who's making this game? Is it a Naughty Dog level developer? Is it a a Coalition level developer? Is it Nintendo? No. This is this is a game, a 3D stealth platformer coming from Datalick Entertainment, a developer slash publisher who has published many types of games, a wide variety of games. But as a developer, they have primarily, if not exclusively made 2D adventure games, whether they be point and click adventure games or your text based narrative driven adventure games. I've played quite a few of their games. I've enjoyed quite a few of their games. They are not known, nor have they, to my knowledge, ever made a game anywhere near the scale and scope of Lord of the Rings Gollum. So, one's expectations should have been checked knowing that alone. But it, it seems like so much of the discourse out there was expecting this game to be way more than what it was that is not excusing the fact or or in any way trying to excuse the fact that it is a bad game it is a bad game it is very bad but the worst game i've played all year no for the most part it functions well enough I, at least, uh, in, in the time I put into it, it ran relatively well. There were occasional hitches here and there. Uh, it got a little framey at times. But for the most part, it was smooth enough. I played it on performance mode, and I, and I played it with the, the Gollum hair physics on. And on the technical side, the only real noticeable negative was one crash to dashboard but performance wise i didn't have anywhere near like i've had issues with other games worse than this it's by no means the worst performing game i've played all year not even close so just think it's it's been a, a bit unfairly slapped around Which isn't saying it's not a bad game. It is a bad game, but it's been the butt of many a joke. And I think people need to step back a little and look at the ingredients that went into making a game before going off on it, because this isn't some AAA game from a AAA studio. That has made many games like this. So your, expecta- your expectations should have led you to assume or or not be surprised by what the final product was. It still should have been better. And, and to that point, maybe I should talk about the game a little bit. So the, the problems with Gollum... And that's something I've been thinking about. I, I really want to stop saying the problem with this and just get to the problem because I don't like that I say the problem is so often. But the problems are that it is it is a bad game. There, There's no getting around that. I, I've already said that. And that that is the case. That is the truth. Visually, it looks pretty fucking bad the exposure is all over the place. The, 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 there will be times where the lighting is blown out, where it's underexposed, and times where Gollum himself will look like he has a spotlight on him, but there, there's no light correlation in the environment that would make that make any sense. It just visually is very unpleasant to look at. The contrast could be boosted up in weird ways. It just visually is very, very messy. And overall, the visuals are pretty muddy. Voice acting wise, this is something that I don't think I can speak to in any objective or or non- I am so used to, as a fan of the movies, Andy Serkis as Gollum slash Meagle that when I hear anyone but him doing the voice, it's going to sound bad. Is the voice acting in Gollum actually bad? I I don't think so, but I can't say in any way that, that doesn't feel compromised by my Love of circuses work as the character. The, the voice actor in the Lord of the Rings Gollum is doing an okay job, I guess. And his portrayal is in line with circuses, presuming, uh, presumably because they are trying to do their best impression, but it just, it's not circus They're, they're not. And there's no getting around that. How well you're able to disconnect from that love or, or whether or not you have that love will make you better able to evaluate the quality of the voice acting. But the story is is one of the ways in which the game loses me the most. I don't know, to, just to, to ha- have this out there, or, or I think this is important to note, I've never read the books, my experience with the Lord of the Rings, my, my knowledge of the story and any story exterior to, to this, I, I, I know nothing, but I've seen the movies, both the Hobbit trilogy and the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and that's it. I have not watched whatever the, the is it Rings of Power, the Amazon series, so I don't know any of that stuff. And I don't know anything that is in any books that wasn't portrayed on screen in either trilogy. That is the extent of my Lord of the Rings knowledge. And so I don't know if what story is being told in Gollum is something we've already known or if it's been created for this game or anything like that. But the story of Gollum is one that I don't understand the purpose of telling I don't understand why anyone wants to know this story, hear about this story, play this story, or experience this story. As it stands, based on the first two episodes, the first two and a half hours or so uh, of the game, it is just Gollum in some orc prison doing menial tasks for the prison itself under your warden or whatever, as well as... Jobs for the frail man who is leading a revolution to try and, I am assuming, break out of prison, which would be great. I don't know if later down in the the game you do break out of prison and start doing stuff outside of there, because uh, I, I would I would really hope so, because I'm I already grew uh, have grown incredibly tired of the repetitive nature of what you are doing within the prison because there, there there, have already been two instances where it's asked me to go collect tags of dead inmates and then I've gone around and just done a bunch of busy work of going here activate this go here activate this go through this entirely long drawn out platforming section to find a map of the tower uh, doing stealth here and there which is super instant fail though again because the AI can be pretty stupid you can kind of cheese it by getting it into an enemy's line of sight and then have them come after you and then you sprint to a a piece of the environment that you can jump up on and climb higher out of their reach unless you have a crossbow in which they can then shoot you and kill you but it's just a very... The story is so weird and bad and boring. And in no way comes across as something anyone needs to or would want to experience. And the the, the stealth play is pretty shitty in that... It is instant fail. And... and The way you avoid being seen is through walking in shadows or small brush. And then you have the ability with stones to distract enemies, except the only way to distract enemies with your stone and distract them in a way where they will go and check on a noise is if you throw a stone at a very specific item or object in an environment. So there has to be a pot or something that you could throw the stone at that will then initiate a certain noise level, I guess, that will then get an enemy to investigate that area. If you just throw a stone at a location and it's enough to distract them so they they know that a sound came from there, they're not going to check it. They're not going to check it unless it's a specific object meant to draw their attention. That is very weird. That doesn't make sense. That is... That That is... A sign of a developer who has not made a game like this... Ever. And maybe has not played many games like this. Because that is not how... A, a distraction system should work. You shouldn't need to specifically hit a specific object in in an environment to to have that happen you do have a sort of detective mode which is very very it's just it, it turns the whole world basically white almost as if it's covered in ash and then you can just see anything of import with incredible vibrance the enemies will be super bright red and then I think stuff like the, the objects you can use to distract them are green or blue. There are also spotlight-type devices that you can turn off to distract enemies. But the the, the stealth is very bare-bones and is frustrating with how the instant fail system works. The checkpointing system on that note is also a bit all over the place where sometimes it'll be very, very forgiving and sometimes it'll be incredibly strict where you'll lose a lot of progress and have to redo certain things over and over and over again if you keep failing. But then other times it is giving you a checkpoint every 10 to 15 seconds it seems like. So that is inconsistent, consistent. And then the platforming sucks because one, it can be very hard to tell whether or not you are able to reach a ledge or a or, or, or it's hard to judge the distance that you can reach, the distance between platforms, and it can just make platforming frustrating because if you miss something or fail to do something. You'll likely end up falling to your death, having to redo a section, and given that the checkpointing system is inconsistent, you may have to do a good chunk of platforming over again, which is not fun. On top of that, this is where some of the technical issues come into play. There were times where I got stuck on pieces of the environment, where I would just be floating on a fence going back and forth just sliding across it can't I can't fall back down or jump over I just have to start uh, restart the last checkpoint or hope that something happens that destroys that fence if I'm being chased by some enemies or get killed there were also some instances I just gotta distract myself but there there are times where you have to jump to another part of the environment another platform that is at an angle or to the side and it isn't that easy to make sure golem will jump in the direction you want them to jump you might want them to jump diagonally in this direction but they jump to the side or they jump back uh, they, he'll never jump backwards because you have to specifically press the X button to jump backwards but controlling Gollum and his direction when jumping is not as easy as it should be and then what else is there what else is there about the jumping that I wanted to mention It's just it's, it's a bad game I mean, that, that's all there really is to it. it it's a bad game. And I want to make sure that point is coming across, despite what I said earlier. Like, I didn't want to start it off. I don't want people to think I, I don't think it's a bad game. I just think that it has been a bit unfairly beaten around when it's its far from the worst game I've played this year or or in the grand scheme of things. it's it's a it's very bad but i've played worse and that's that's all i really want to say about golem so that that's enough about that i don't think i'll be playing any more of it because it's one of one of its biggest faults is that it's just fucking boring it's just so fucking boring and there's no getting around that. There's just... It is what it is. The other two games I played, little little quickies. Home Sheep Home is a physics-based puzzle game for uh, one to three players. And it's based on the Sean the Sheep property. It's very cute. The puzzles are, for the most part, on the simple side. Uh, there are a few that had me thinking, but then then it was because I didn't realize I could do something or I thought a part of the environment was closed off because I was just being an idiot. But uh, to the, 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 the one versus multiple players aspect, it seems like it is very much so meant to be played with multiple people. Presumably a family since it is a very family-friendly game and the puzzles are on the easier side. Because if you were playing the game solo like I was, I played through the first two areas. There are four in total and then a bonus area for bonus levels that you unlock. If you, if you find secrets within the rest of the, the campaign. When you are playing by yourself, you are still controlling all of the sheep, the, the, the three sheep in the game. Not all at the same time. You're switching between them. But it it leads to a lot of tedium in that you are, because you have, uh, you're the only one controlling them. And you have to control all of them and get them to interact with certain things. Because you have a a regular sheep. Of course, Sean the sheep is just a regular sheep who has pretty good jumping skills. Then you have the little tiny sheep who can get through small spaces, of course, as you would expect and the big old fat sheep who is heavy and can use that way to their advantage in various ways you you do the math in your head when you're playing by yourself it's a lot of okay i'm going to control this sheep put them over here then i'm gonna to switch to this one put them here then i'm gonna to switch to this one and get them to reach this place that they are able to because I put these two sheep in these positions then do that with a different sheep and so f- so on and so forth and it becomes this chain of switching between all the sheep uh, in order to allow one of the other sheep to reach this or do that, activating switches, putting one on this switch and just a lot of back and forth that if you were playing with other people you wouldn't have to worry about all that it would speed up the the length of levels, and it would it would make the experience significantly more fun. But I, I didn't have that that option. It, it is local co op only, so you, you can only do this locally, which is a little bit disappointing, especially since there are what I presume to be the additions to this. Version of the game that it has made its way to consoles after being on PC for a very long time and mobile, I would assume, maybe as well. I feel like I remember seeing it as a mobile game. But the the additions and maybe these have been there for a while as well. But the the whole the the Farm Again Party Edition part of the subtitle means there are these party games included, eight in total that range from soccer and volleyball to a sort of hole in the wall endless runner and king of the hill very standard minigame fair that based on what I dabbled with there you can't add AI players so you can only play with other people locally they're fine but they aren't on the level of a Mario Party type minigame assortment or anything like that. They're they're pretty basic and I don't think they have any kind of legs. I, I can't uh, I can't see anyone playing these minigames for a significant period of time. So it really comes down to how much of a fan of physics based puzzle games you are. And more so than that, I would say uh, if if you love physics based puzzle games and the idea of controlling all the sheep and and doing that chaining system essentially doesn't make you feel like it would be super tedious have at it but I, I I do think it it will be a much better experience and I would recommend it specifically to people who do have the ability to play with others and even more so if you want to play with your family have a little one multiple little ones or your significant other i think you'll have a good enough time it's 10 bucks or so should should give you a nice afternoon of of play or two depending on how long it takes you to complete levels that's home Sheep home and then the last game i played is death or treat which is a roguelite with OK art, and that's pretty much it. The writing attempts to be cheeky and funny, and falls flat on every instance. With jokes and references like a vampire who will help you with uh, in, in, in the middle of your runs and keeping an ingredients. There's just a character in the game, but their their name is Joe. Them, do you know what that's a reference of? It, it, unless I'm not thinking of something else, it's a fucking Joe Biden reference. A Joe Biden joke in the name. You have something Gates. I don't remember what his name was, and he was the dude in in uh, in in job in control. What the hell am I trying to think of there? He was responsible for the the skill base store once you unlock that. But the writing is not good. There are some punctuation errors in it as well, which I... That's fine. I don't don't begrudge anything like that because those things are easy to miss, especially when it's... This is a small team. And... It was just, it's a very, very boring game. The combat feels terrible. And it feels terrible because outside of the bigger enemies, attacking enemies just leads to them being propelled into the air where they can't do anything. And you just keep attacking and attacking and attacking. And depending on the enemy, if they have a a large enough health bar, they'll just keep going higher and higher and higher until you can't even reach them, even with your double jump. And you have to wait for them to start falling back down. This is usually the case with the smaller enemies who are extra strong because they have a little red skull over the head, indicating they are extra strong. But they're still of an enemy type that does not attack through your attacks, so they're constantly canceled and being propelled. It's just the big 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 enemies who don't have their attacks canceled when you attack them and then the flying enemies all of which i think are bats that i've experienced who are the only enemies who will do damage to you if you touch them physically and have a very weird type of movement they 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 move in a very choppy way they're they're by far the most annoying enemy in the game are the bats because they will hurt you if you touch them and they fly in such a way that it's not entirely smooth I did run into a few technical issues I had one crash and at one point after completing an area because when you complete an area you'll be asked by Joe Biden, do you want to Go back to the home base and I'll give you some extra candy or do you want to continue on and I'll give you an extra inventory slot for ingredients. And ingredients are one of the primary sources, including candy is your main currency, your money. But ingredients are what you will use to unlock stores in your hub world or, and then purchase upgrades or new weapons, all of that jazz. So at one point during my second run, when I completed the first area, And talked to Joe Biden to make my choice. It locked up on me in a weird way. And wouldn't let me make my choice. I couldn't do anything. I was just stuck in that screen. So I turned off my controller. Turned it back on. Then I could not do anything. It it, it was as if the game didn't even know I had a controller uh, hooked up. So I backed out to the dashboard. Relaunched the game. I didn't quit out entirely. And when I did that. It put me it, 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 it gave me control of my character again, but it left that menu on screen. I couldn't do anything with that menu because it, it was acting as if I was not I was outside of it and back in control of my character. So I just moved forward, went through the exit, wondering if that would work, and it did. But then for the rest of that playthrough, that screen was that menu was on screen, which included, a very thick blur to the world behind it. So I could not see what was going on in my game in addition to having this big bar uh, of text covering covering the game. Uh, the gameplay. So I just progressed and, and eventually died. And when I died, it wouldn't let me select the ingredients I wanted to keep and take back to the home base with me. And I was very concerned. At that point, I... Quit out of the game entirely. Uh, I force quit it and relaunched it, and thankfully, it saved me. Or, or, or where it auto saved was at the very end of that run, where I had to pick the ingredients I was going to take home. So I was able to take some of the home, uh, some of the home, but not all of them because the inventory slot I should have gotten for continuing my playthrough I didn't get because I wasn't able to interact with that menu in between the areas. A little bit frustrating. But it's just, it's, it's it's a very bare bones, old feeling game that feels like a flash game you'd play on miniclip.com or an early generation Xbox Live Arcade game. It's visually okay. okay. The art is clean. But there are, depending on the area, everything kind of blends together. The platforming is hurt because of the level design in many ways where you're unable to see where a platform is and you just have to jump forward and hope you are able to react quick enough when you realize where a a new platform is. It's not always easy to read the environment and what is something you can interact with in the sense that, uh, is it a platform you can jump onto or is it just a part of a background? It's not always easy to tell. There are a lot of platforms, a lot of parts that that have sort of a layer of what you could consider snow or ash or something on it, a, a, a white layer that indicates this is something you can land on you can you can walk on but that isn't always the case there are there are platforms that are just solid black or are in solid shadow that you can still interact with and uh, there isn't a clear indication of what is and isn't something the that you can jump on or not which can be frustrating the 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 biggest Problem with the game really is the combat. I found, given that the combat is such a significant part of it, I, I do like the fact that the candies and any drops enemies leave when they are killed, they're automatically drawn to you. So there is a magnetism to you that you don't have to unlock in any way and is seemingly powerful enough to draw in any object an enemy drops, no matter how far away it falls, which is really nice and convenient. But given that the combat is so mindless and not challenging with the majority of enemies because they just get propelled into the air and can't fight back, don't fight back, and just require you to mash your button on them until they are dead, it it becomes really, really boring due to that mindless nature where you don't have to think about anything. And you just have to worry about the big enemies and the stupid bats. The first boss fight is very, very simple. Not in any way challenging or fun to do. And then I I only saw the the second boss once because... I played the game for an hour and 40 minutes. And... Wasn't... (sighs) I just wasn't feeling it. So there are times where if, if it, there, there weren't little bugs here and there that were hurting my progress it was just me playing the game very stupidly because I just I, I couldn't care and I was taking it back the house some of the ways in which it worked but yeah that's it's a bit of a disappointment I wasn't expecting that much but I was expecting... I The combat is where I'm most baffled and confused by how the way it works is the way it works. It just seems like you would look at this as a developer and realize this is not good. These enemies should be able to do something other than just get knocked in the air and just stay there. And if they fall back down, you just hit them again, they go back up in the air, can't do anything. Where's the fun? Where's the challenge in that? So, that is Death Retreat, and that is it in terms of what I've been playing and all that jazz. That will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Oh, 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 oh. Of course, once again, I am, of course, your host in the courses of was, uh, of course, I'm your host, once again, Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. You can find the site, the YouTubes, the Patreon, all that jazz over at PX And yeah. So, as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here Episode, and I hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day and a lovely rest of your week/slash weekend. So for now, adios, uh, a riva Bye.